Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Dr. Jay Tita here. I am your host of the Next Level Human podcast. Today's episode, we're going to stick with the theme over the last couple episodes since the new year, uh, which has been exercise. And I've been highlighting for you my brand new programs, Metabolic Male and Metabolic Female. These are metabolic conditioning uh, workouts. These are follow-along workouts. They are essentially done with minimal equipment and designed to be done very fast, very conveniently with nothing but a set of dumbbells in the comfort of your own home. And so I covered those workouts in the last two episodes. This episode, we're going to speak to those who are the gym rats, the people who like to go to a gym, the people who are not exercising at home, and the people who are a little bit more advanced. And we're also going to talk about this specifically from the uh angle of muscle building, how to build muscle, what goes into this, what you need to be looking at, and how you want to be programming your workouts, or probably not programming so much as the tools and techniques and things that research actually shows us is most effective. And of course, I've got, you know, since the age of 11 years old, I'm now 50, I've got, you know, almost 40 years uh, in uh, you know, basically 40 years in working out to try to build muscle. Um, and I've been able to do that effectively. So I am 5'10, uh, I'm about 220 pounds. Um, and my lean body mass, although I have some fat to lose, that is for sure, my lean body mass uh, is close to 180 pounds, even at 50 years old. So I have been able to pack on muscle. Um, I do believe, genetically speaking, I am someone who gets fat easily and gets. Uh, very muscular, very easily. Uh, but even at 50, it's been something that has been definitely in my wheelhouse. And so it's going to be, this episode is going to be a little bit of my personal experience, uh, a little bit of research. And we just are going to take on this idea of what it takes to build muscle and uh, designing workouts to build muscle. Now, let's start with the idea of why would we even want to build muscle? Why would you want to focus on muscle building rather than say a cardio respiratory fitness or uh, fat burning and those kinds of things. Why would it be beneficial to just focus on building muscle? Well, 
The reason why is because muscle tissue is our most biologically active tissue. Uh, it is the part of our body that contributes most to our resting energy expenditure. And of course, when we move muscle, that's when it really has its beneficial effects. And muscle, of course, is an endocrine organ. It releases myokines. These are cellular signaling molecules uh, that uh, have some crosstalk between the immune system and uh, the adipose tissue and the brain, etc. For example, uh, these compounds, uh, the immune system uses them. We call them cytokines. Uh, many of these compounds have crosstalk with the adipose tissue, which also releases signaling molecules. We call those adipokines. Um, and of course, the ones that are released from the muscle, we call myokines. So the muscle is an endocrine organ. So the more of that you have, the more you can secrete some of these compounds, things like uh, IL-6, which is, if you're very savvy, this is a, a cytokine and a myokine uh, and an adipokine. So all of these tissues release this compound. And it's largely been viewed as an inflammatory compound. But what we know is that under the conditions of exercise, IL-6 actually tends to be anti-inflammatory because it comes along with IL-6 unopposed by TNF-alpha and IL-1, which are other inflammatory cytokines. With exercise, it seems IL-6 is released by itself in very high quantities, which triggers, triggers an anti-inflammatory chemical called IL-10. So that's just for you biochemical nerds, because oftentimes when people hear IL-6, they go, well, that's an inflammatory compound. Not in the uh, context of exercise. So muscle releases IL-6, muscle releases IL-15, which I like to call the Arnold signaling molecule, as in Arnold Schwarzenegger, the bodybuilder, because it actually helps build muscle and burn fat. It also releases IL-8, which helps to increase blood vessels and a whole host of a bunch of other uh, myokines as well. And so muscle is very powerful in this way. It can become our own pharmacology, our own anti-inflammatory pharmacology. This is one of the reasons that we want to gain muscle. Now let's get one myth out of the way here. And that myth is the fact that if you add a bunch of muscle on your body, you're automatically going to be burning a ton more calories at rest. This is really not true. It's an old myth that is uh, slow to die. Uh, the, what the research suggests is that you burn about six calories uh, per pound of resting muscle. Some some research says as much as 30, but you also burn about thir three calories, uh, three to six calories of uh, calories from fat. And so you're not getting much of an advantage. You're not just going to be able to add on a bunch of muscle and then just be burning up all this fat. It's not really how it works, but where it does provide benefit is when you start moving that muscle around, the more muscle you have and the more you move that muscle, the more calories you can burn through exercise, uh, et cetera. And so having extra muscle is highly beneficial. And of course, I don't know that most people would need or want to have as much muscle as someone like myself or many bodybuilders. Um, certainly, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to try to strip muscle off the body, but I'm not so sure that you need to, you know, be walking around looking like a bodybuilder uh, either. And I'm not so sure that that all that extra muscle, it can get in the way of some of the athletic stuff. Like, for example, I'm very strong. Uh, I can definitely handle myself in the gym. 
But if you go take me out to do a jog, I'm going to die within three minutes to five minutes. Like uh, I'm just not very efficient. And that's what having a lot of mass on your body tends to do to a lot of people. All of that being said, those of you who want to gain muscle definitely want to listen what I, to what I have to say here because it's rather uh, confusing. So uh, in, in terms of if you look out in the blogosphere, in the podcast world and on social media, et cetera, there's a lot of confusion here. And especially there's a lot of confusion when you talk about my workouts. Uh, you know, I have become most popular selling millions of workouts uh, in terms of metabolic conditioning, follow along metabolic conditioning workouts using rest-based training. And so will those help you build muscle? Certainly uh, they can help. And, and for beginners, they can be very effective at building muscle, but they're not, that's not what their major uh, benefit is. Their major benefit is that they burn fat, help maintain muscle for most people, maybe even help build muscle for those who are beginners, but they're very efficient. They don't overly stress or tax the, the body and they can really help, uh, you know, people who really just don't love exercise and or want something super efficient to help get all of the attributes that you might hope to get from exercise, like fitness, um, uh, fat loss, and form or, or muscle gain. What we're going to talk about now is what's more specific. Uh, so if you're trying to gain muscle, you want to begin to move away from, believe it or not, if, if muscle gain is your primary concern, you probably want to start moving away from exercises uh, exercise that combines cardiovascular elements to it. In other words, with some of the metabolic conditioning workouts, workouts like CrossFit, like things like that, if you're an elite lifter and getting a lot of volume, you certainly will gain some muscle in those workouts. I mean, obviously, if you look at some of the elite CrossFit athletes, they have an awful lot of muscle uh, on their body and look fantastic and are heavily, heavily muscled and very lean. But for most people, uh, adding in breathless workouts along with uh, resistance training, what we might call lifting weights faster, not faster in terms of lifting speed, but faster in terms of shorter rest periods. This can have a slight negative impact on gaining muscle for many people. And so if muscle gain is your primary concern, you want to move away from breathless based workouts and move further towards burning and heavy type workouts. Let me explain. I have a, a feedback system I oftentimes teach about the biofeedback sensations of exercise. And I call this the B's and the H's. Breathless, burning, heavy, and heat or hot and sweaty. The breathless effect is uh, all about the idea that when you make yourself breathless and you start to get breathless in a workout, uh, research actually shows that the aerobic anaerobic tipping point happens right around the point where you no longer can speak. And so what happens is aerobically, you max out your anaerobic metabolism or your aerobic metabolism rather, and you become more anaerobic. And this is where you begin to uh, become breathless. And this is highly correlated with the catecholamines, adrenaline or epinephrine, which dilates the lungs, uh, increases heart rate, also has some fat burning potential. And so many people just think, well, if I don't get breathless in a workout, I'm not getting a good workout. 
Well, breathless workouts uh, are important, more important for fitness and fat loss, though. And they can interfere a little bit with muscle gain. So there's breathlessness. That's one of the Bs. And then there's burning, right? Burning, this is uh, has to do with uh, activating your muscles in a way that also maxes out their ability to do work with oxygen. So it's also going from an aerobic state more to an anaerobic state. And for you, uh, for you science nerds, we can go through the mechanism really quickly. So what actually ends up happening, a lot of people think that burn is coming from lactic acid. It's not. Actually, lactic acid is buffering against the burn. That burn is actually coming from proton buildup in the muscles, making the muscles more acidic. Actually, lactate uh, grabs one of those protons, becoming lactic acid, buffering against that burns, helping you push a little bit harder. But you do produce a lot of lactic acid when your muscles start to burn. And lactic acid is correlated with human growth hormone. Uh, actually, in rat studies, they've actually shown that uh, lactic acid acts as a signaling molecule. They actually have a receptor for lactic acid and that it is highly correlated and probably releasing human growth hormone in humans. And so the burning sensation is associated with human growth hormone. And that does have some anabolic muscle growing potential when it is around with testosterone. And so, yes, you want burning, but you probably don't want too much breathless. Then, of course, there's the two H's, one being hot, getting hot and sweaty, burning a lot of calories. Again, this is more for fat burning, more about sort of this catecholamine sympathetic uh, activation. Actually, the sweating response is a sympathetic uh, response in the same way that releasing adrenaline from breathlessness is a sympathetic response. The mechanisms are slightly different. Uh, uh, sweating has to do with acetylcholine, not, um, not necessarily epinephrine, but is correlated with epinephrine release. And so breathless and hot, getting very hot and sweaty and getting breathless is what most people think about when they think about a good workout. And those are more geared towards fitness once again and uh, fat loss. We'll be back after a quick break. All right, time to talk about one of our sponsors. This one is one of my favorites. It's a long-time sponsor. You all know it. And if you don't, you are in for a treat. AG1. Now, for those of you who do not know AG1, I am very excited to introduce you to AG1 because it is one of the products that I've been taking for some time, and I take this almost every single day day. It acts as my multivitamin. It acts as my probiotic. It acts as my green drink. It does a lot of different things. It's an antioxidant and it has adaptogen herbs in it. This is something I use straight up, a scoop in water. It's also something surprisingly that I put into my protein shakes. It does turn those protein shakes green, but the flavor is so neutral that I don't even notice it. And it is a great way to get all these nutrients in. The things I love about AG1 is all the things I just mentioned, but the fact that when you think about it, look at all the different products it replaces. Prior to AG1, I was taking a bunch of stuff and it has replaced three to five different products for me. And so I really love this product. It is what most people would consider a greens drink if you just looked at it, but it is so much more than that. Now, I've taken greens drinks in the past. Number one, they tend to taste like swamp water. I love AG1 because it's a very neutral, pleasant 
flavor. And the other thing is, is that many of these used to raise my blood sugar because they put other things in it, extra starches, tapioca starch in particular, and AG1 does not do that. The other thing about AG1 is it does testing constantly on keeping its product clean, and it is on its 50-plus iterations, so they keep making this product better and better. But look, don't take my word for it. Really, you should try the product. To get AG1, all you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash next level. Drinkag1.com slash next level. And they have a couple deals for you specific to that link. This is one of my favorite products. I urge you to get on AG1. It's going to be one of those things that you do for a very long time and be extremely beneficial for your health. Check the product out, drinkag1.com slash next level, and let's get back to the show. Burning, which we already covered, and heavy are the two things that you want to think about when you're trying to gain muscle. Heavy meaning a tension on the muscle, strain through the muscle, through the muscle and through uh, the joints. And so when we think about the B's and the H's, breathless burning, heavy, and heat, metabolic conditioning workouts, like the workouts I've talked about with metabolic female and metabolic male, and uh, you know some of the other workouts that many of you have done that I've created, like metabolic prime and metabolic renewal and metabolic aftershock, all these workouts try to get all the B's and the H's. They try to be efficient and get all of the B's and the H's, breathless burning, heavy, and heat. The problem with that is if you're trying to gain muscle, there will be some interference there. You'll gain some muscle perhaps if you're a beginner, but it is not as effective if you just focused on the burning and uh, the heavy straining effect. And so when you are going for the heavy and the burn, you don't want to go for the breathless and the heat if you're trying to gain muscle. So what does this mean in practice? It means taking much longer rests between sets, whereas in the typical rest-based training approach that you all might be used to from me is that you push until you can't, rest until you can. Usually those rest periods are pretty short, on the range of 10 seconds to a minute, perhaps, in these very short workouts. When you're trying to build muscle, you want your rest period to be longer, three to five times longer. So you want you know, a three minute up to a five minute rest period, taking plenty of time between, uh, between, uh, you know, sets. This is especially true when you're going for the heavy component, the straining component of muscle gain. And so the rest periods are much longer when you're training for hypertrophy. And there are some, uh, very nifty tricks you can use that that kind of violate this rule that we'll cover here in just a minute. But in general, when you're going for the heavy effect, the straining effect, you want extra rest period. Think about it. If you're doing a 10 rep max on squats, let's say, or on bench press or on shoulder press or on bent over rows or something like that, that is an incredibly difficult set to do. A 10 rep max, by the way, in case you aren't familiar with that terminology, a 10 rep max is a weight that you can do 10 times but not 11, which basically means right around rep 7, 8, 9, and 10, it starts getting very hard. So that that last rep, that 10th rep, 
is very difficult. And you do want to make sure you use very good form and move your body through full ranges of motion for the most part when you're gaining muscle. But uh, there are some uh, variations on that rule, which we'll cover here in just a minute. So one of the rules that you want to think about is heavy weights, full range of motion, long rest periods. And if you can imagine, if you do a true 10 rep max set, there's no way you're going to be able to get back in and do another 10 rep max set in only a minute. You're going to require much, much longer. So you can do this rest-based style as well, which is, again, push until you can't, rest until you can, but you know you're not taking enough rest if you're no longer able to complete that 10 rep max. And so that is an important uh, aspect of this, just to understand that for many people, when you're training for hypertrophy or muscle growth, if they're not used to this kind of training, it kind of feels different for them because they're used to being breathless and, and they're not used to this straining effect or this burning effect or this pump effect where the muscle feels swollen. Let's just briefly go through what research says are some of the three major factors that have to do with gaining uh, muscle or at least providing the stimulus to gain muscle. Two of them we've already kind of gone over and they also do take into account roughly the third one. But in research, the things that help gain muscle are going to be mechanical tension and load, mechanical strain through the muscles. We know that this is a signal for the muscle to grow. We also know that metabolic uh, fatigue or metabolic uh, activity in the muscle which is indicated by the burn and the pump, the swelling of the muscle and the burning in the muscle. This also is highly correlated with uh, hypertrophy. Let's cover the mechanisms of these real quick. When the muscle is under strain and the tensions, uh, the tension in the ligaments and tendons register that load, that is a feedback system mainly for testosterone mainly for testosterone production, which is known as an ana one of the most potent anabolic uh, hormones. Now, when you get the burn, that is associated with this myokine release and this lactic acid release that we talked about that uh, also triggers human growth hormone. So when you get burning, you get this sort of myokine, uh, things like IL-15 that can help burn fat and build muscle, but also things like human growth hormone, which can really make testosterone more potent. So this burning effect, as you feel this burning in your muscles, this is triggering human growth hormone, is triggering these anabolic myokines, and this is the metabolic stress. This is this burning effect, this pump effect, because you also will feel the muscle start to swell. This is a really good indication that you're getting some of this myokine human growth hormone response. And of course, the mechanical tension effect that we know helps build muscle is an indication you're getting this testosterone uh, response. And there is one more element that is critical. Uh, and all three of these elements, by the way, independently have been shown to uh, be factors in gaining muscle. The next one is uh, mechanical damage or muscle damage, little micro tears in the muscle. And so this damage uh, is associated mostly with um, heavy weights done through full ranges of motion 
in the eccentric portion of the movement. Let me say that again. Heavyweights, full range of motion in the eccentric portions of the movements. For those of you who are not well-versed in exercise uh, nomenclature and vocabulary, eccentric just means the lowering portion of the movement. So uh, if I'm doing a push-up, when I press away from the ground, that's the concentric. uh, That's the concentric contraction. When I lower myself back down to the floor, that's the eccentric contraction. And so to get this mechanical damage or this muscle damage effect, eccentrics, a focus on eccentrics is very important. This is why you oftentimes see bodybuilders, people who are really after muscle growth, they will focus on the eccentric portion of the moves a little bit longer than the concentric portions of the move. So you might see them at a lifting speed of one second on the push out, but maybe three to four to five seconds on the way down. And this works very, very well for gaining muscle. And so what would a workout like this hypertrophy type of workout look like for a beginner? Well, for beginners, the best approach is three to four, I would say three full body workouts per week using an 8 to 12 repetition, which is technically a 10 rep max. If you can't get eight reps, you've gone too heavy. If you get more than 12, you've gone too light. Sweet spot is 10. Full body movements, meaning things like squats, bench press, shoulder press, bent over row, right? For full body compound movements, those kinds of movements. And let's just say that's the workout, right? So you do bench press, five sets of eight to 12 reps. You do shoulder press, five sets of eight to 12 reps. You do squat, five sets of eight to 12 reps. You do bent over row, five sets of eight to 12 repetitions. Full body moves, compound moves. That's your whole workout. Now also think about between each of those sets, you're taking three to five minutes rest. And so what a lot of people don't realize is a much longer workout. You take much longer rest And the workout is much longer. It could take up to 60 to 90 minutes for some people up to two hours. Uh, When I was young, I certainly, you know, was famous for staying in the gym even longer uh, than that. But it's a very different type of workout. You're not breathless, but you are repeatedly, repeating, uh, repeatedly. uh... We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Time to break into the show for one of our sponsors. This is a brand new sponsor, and there is a lot of neat research around this product that you're going to want to listen to and pay attention to. The product is Qualia Senolytic. This product helps to address one of the key discoveries of the last decade in regard to aging. As our cells age, many of them begin to become arrested in their development. These cells stop dividing. They become senescent cells, kind of like zombie cells, right? These cells that are just hanging around, no longer dividing, and secreting negative compounds that have negative effects on the body. This is a product, Qualia Senolytics, that addresses this effect. Now, you might think, well, okay, well, what about exercise and diet and fasting and cold plunges and all these things? Aren't these things going to help with this? Well, here's the interesting thing. 
we all age, right? No matter what you do, we all know that we're going to age and you're going to see the signs of aging. Research is suggesting this is because of these senescent cells and all these things I just mentioned, fasting, proper diet, exercise, all these things seem not to make much of a difference when it comes to these senescent cells. So how do we get rid of these zombie cells and help that middle age feeling that a lot of us get after we turn 40? I know I did. That's what this, that's what this product, Qualia Senolytics, does. It's like pruning the yellowing leaves off of a dead plant. It removes worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of the body to begin to thrive. And all you need to do is use this compound two days a month, six capsules one day, six capsules the next day, and you will get the effects of these senolytic agents to remove these zombie cells from the body. The formula is non-GMO, it's vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring into the combined effect of all these ingredients together. Not only that, this product comes with a 100-day money-back guarantee. If you don't begin to feel higher energy levels, feeling younger, more productive, and more enthusiastic, and especially what happened to me, less aches and pains. How do you get this product so you can take advantage of getting rid of these senescent cells? All you have to do is go to neurohacker.com slash human. And when you do, you'll get up to $100 off. When you use the code HUMAN at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash human and use the code HUMAN on checkout. Look, aging is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to do, even when we're doing all the right things with diet and exercise and fasting and all the tools we know. This is one of those products that is insurance on helping us age better. Check out Qualia Senolytics, neurohacker.com slash human, and let's get back to the show. What's the word I'm trying to say here? You're repeatedly subjecting your muscles to burning and to strain and to mechanical damage through these sets. And so that's what the workout might look like. And then you repeat that workout not every day, but every other day. So it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And those days off, if you're a beginner, are very important because that's where you are going to grow. And actually, let me just plug my computer in real quick because I'm going to lose you guys if I don't. There we go. So that's one way that you can look at this if you're a beginner. Uh, and I just gave you that. That's a great way to start. Can you use machines? Certainly you can. Uh, try to go with the big, big machines, leg press, right? Uh, a chest press, a back row, a shoulder press. You can use machines on this if you're a beginner, but this is the way to do this. And of course, you're not going to be breathless in this to the same degree, but you will feel that burning effect, that strain effect and, uh, that pump effect. And then of course, one of the things you'll notice that's much different about this style of training is the delayed onset muscle soreness, the DOMS. Now, you don't need to have DOMS. You don't need to have soreness uh, after the workout for it to be effective. In fact, it would probably be counterproductive to constantly be sore, but a little soreness is expected, especially for beginners. Now, after you do about 12 weeks of that style of training, now you can move into 
what we might call a a sort of um, you know four day uh, you know sort of routine where it's upper on Monday, lower on Tuesday, Wednesday off. We call this a four day split, by the way. So it's upper Monday, lower Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then you repeat that Thursday upper, Friday lower, and then now Saturday and Sunday off. So that's four days per week. And when you do this, it's the same type of thing, but now you're doing all upper on one day and all lower on the other day. So this workout on Monday, the upper workout might look like chest press, bent over row, shoulder press, bicep curl, tricep extension, right? And once again, three to five sets of eight to 12 reps of all those exercises. On the leg day, it might look like squat, stiff leg deadlift, um, leg extension, leg curl, walking lunge, let's say. And again, uh, three to five sets, eight to 12 repetitions on that. Now you can imagine that is a lot, a lot of volume. So most people will do just fine with that three-day split, but then you can move to a four-day split. And if you're very advanced and you want to get into bodybuilding and all that kind of stuff, then you can move to body part splits where you're doing five days to six days of training a week and splitting up your body into parts. So for example, you're going to do chest and back on Monday, legs on Tuesday, uh, shoulders and arms, and maybe core, right, on Wednesday. And then take a day off on Thursday and then repeat that again on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so uh, and there's many different many different ways to do that. If you're doing a five day split, that's the most popular one. It would be chest and back Monday, uh, legs Tuesday, shoulders, arms, core Wednesday, and then Thursday you go back to chest and back, right? And then on Friday you go back and you repeat the legs, and then you pick up. You take Saturday Sunday off. You pick up on Monday with the shoulders, arms, and core. And so this is getting more into a bodybuilding type of routine. But once again, this is three to five sets, eight to 12 repetitions. And this is going to be the beginning of you and your muscle building uh, routine. Now, how would you start this if you're a complete beginner? Well, I suggest 12 weeks uh, up to six months even, right? Uh, of a three-day split, and then 12 weeks up to six months of the four-day split. And then after you've got anywhere from six months to a year under your belt, and you can start moving to body part training if you're really, really wanting to maximize um, muscle gain. Now, again, you want to take into account all of these different elements. And there is one more thing you can begin to do as an advanced way of starting to build muscle where you can finish these workouts off, right, with finishers. And the point of finishers is that, of course, with these three to five sets of eight to 12 reps, you're getting the mechanical stress, the tension, the heavy weight. You are also getting some of this muscle damage where you're going through full ranges of motion and focusing on the eccentric contractions but you might not be getting the burning effect as much because you're taking pretty long rests between lifting bouts. And so a finisher would be where at the end of your workout for maybe five minutes, you do something like a superset. So you would do, let's say, 10 uh, 
10 uh, rows followed by 10 push-ups. And without any rest at all, go back to rows. 10 reps, 10 reps, 10 reps, 10 reps. Going back and forth between these two muscle groups for five minutes. And what's going to happen is you're going to get an immense burn in your muscles. You are going to get a little bit breathless here. And you are going to get um, a huge pump. And the idea here is going for the pump and the burn to give us a little bit more of that burning effect with the heavy straining effect that you got earlier in the workout. And finishers like that can be really beneficial. Of course, you'll see many advanced bodybuilders who have developed a really impressive uh, muscular physique. Their muscles need a little bit more stimulus than the rest of us to get the responses that they want because, of course, the muscles adapt and you have to continue progressing in difficulty. And so, I'm not going to cover this in this particular podcast, but this is where things like supersets and drop sets and these kinds of things and uh, tension reps and all these different types of protocols that sometimes you'll see advanced lifters doing come in. These are not necessary for most people who are beginning their journey of wanting to build muscle. In fact, I would argue that you want to start with a good base. Start with the three workouts a week, three days split of full body workouts, three to five sets, eight to 12 reps. Do that uh, three to six months. Then add in the four day split. Do that three to six months. Then go to the body part splits. Do that for a while. And then you'll probably have a base. Meanwhile, this is going to be a year to, to, to a year and a half later. Now you're going to have a base where you can really start benefiting from drop sets and supersets and burnouts and these kinds of things. Not saying that, you know, beginners can't benefit from this, but I don't know that they're that necessary until you really begin uh, to, to progress. And so I wanted to have this discussion about how to build muscle. Uh, because really muscle is all about maximizing your metabolic potential. It has a ton of benefits. It is anti-inflammatory. It is an endocrine organ. And a lot of people are just confused on how to build muscle. And so I wanted you to get some education around this, and I'm hoping this helps. So let's do some review to wrap up this particular podcast. The first idea we covered is this idea that when you're doing very fast-paced, breathless type of workouts, you are interfering with muscle building a little bit. And for beginners, they might be able to build some muscle with those workouts. But for most people who've been working out for a while, uh, these workouts that get more breathless and hot, uh, and, uh, and that's their focus, they're not great at, at building muscle. The workouts that do more burning and heavy, they're better at building muscle. And the more you could take longer rest, the more you can push that burn and that heavy uh, effect. In fact, that's what's required to go that heavy. As we talked about, no one's going to be able to do a 10 rep max, take 30 seconds breather, and then do another true 10 rep max. You'll have to drastically reduce your weight. And now we're leaning more towards a breathless effect. We don't want that when we're trying to build muscle. So you're going to have to wrap your head around the idea that there's going to be a lot of time in the gym where you're kind of meandering around. It's going to feel very different than what you're used to. At first, you're going to feel like this isn't a workout if you're someone who's used to getting breathless. That's not the point. We're trying to build muscle. 
We're not trying to build fitness. And so, uh, well, it obviously muscle is a degree of fitness, but fitness by itself, we're not training to run a marathon. We're training to build muscle and that requires a different approach. Now, once you get used to this, it's every bit as hard, just in a very different way. You'll figure this out very quickly if you try to do a 10 rep max on squats. You'll see that you're going to get breathless anyway, and you're going to need to take quite a long period of time to rest three to five minutes before you are able to exert that same force again. Just as review again, we talked about the idea that the things you want to think about in terms of what the research says about building muscle, you want to think about uh, metabolic stress this burning and pump effect that you get in your muscles, this swollen effect and this burning effect. This is the metabolic stress that is correlated with human growth hormone and myokines and lactic acid. So you want to get some of that. You also want to get this straining tension effect. This is where the heavy weights uh, come in. And you also want to get this mechanical damage effect, damaging micro tears in the muscle as well. And this is where this full range of motion uh, and this eccentric focus comes in. And so those are all very important. And then, of course, you want to understand where you are in your journey in terms of building muscle. Best place to go is start with a three-day split. Three days per week, full body movements, three to five sets of eight to 12 repetitions. Once you have 12 uh, to 24 months or three to six months under your belt, from that point, you're going to... you're going to basically move to the four-day split. You're going to do that for 12 weeks to 24 weeks or uh, three to six months. And then you can move to body part training. And then you may want to start adding in things like burnout sets and those kinds of things. Now, just a few things here to add, and then we'll end, is what about uh, nutrition? Well, one of the things that is important here is just like you cannot lose fat without a calorie deficit, You're not going to be able to build muscle without calorie excess. So for many people who are hard gainers, one of the reasons why they're not able to build muscle is because they're simply not eating enough calories. And so a lot of people will focus on protein. Well, protein, yes, but calories first, right? Just like when you're trying to lose weight, calories first, protein next. Now, of course, if you add in protein, One of the interesting things about this, if you're trying to gain muscle and you're eating a lot more protein, you don't realize the calories. Well, protein is appetite suppressing. So you may end up in a position where you're simply not eating enough calories. And so make sure you're eating enough calories. How many calories? Well, uh, I like uh, just to take 20 times your body weight in pounds. This is probably where roughly you want to be if you're really, really going after muscle building. For some people, uh, perhaps more. Uh, that's really all you have to worry about is just be aware. It's not protein, it's calories. So excess protein without enough calories, you're probably not going to you know, be able to gain the muscle you want. So you want protein with calories or calories with protein, however you look at it. In terms of supplements, you know, the only one that I would really say besides a good quality whey protein supplement or something like that is one of the best studied nutrients on the market, which is creatine. Creatine is probably something that anyone who's trying to build muscle may want to consider. The other thing about creatine is it's just fantastic for the whole body, including the brain. Um, how do you how do you dose that? Three grams daily. Three grams daily of creatine. This is why a lot of people get creatine powder, so they don't have to take a lot of pills. 
because uh, three grams uh, can be a lot. Some people like to go up to five grams per day. Some people like to do uh, a loading dose of creatine of 20 grams for, for three to seven days. Uh, I just like three to five grams uh, per day and you'll get some really nice uh, benefits from that. And so I'm going to stop right here, but I'm hoping this gives those of you who are kind of like, hey, look, I want to get into the gym world. I've heard about the benefit of gaining muscle. I've never really been educated on gaining muscle uh, and how to do that in the gym and how to do that with my workouts. Hopefully now you understand that not all workouts are equal when it comes to gaining muscle and that these breathless workouts and these workouts that are using all these different implements, what I like to call circus workouts and stuff like that, are really not what you want to be focusing on. You want to be doing the same workouts over and over and over again. You want to be doing three to five sets of eight to 12 reps, and you want to be progressing the weight you're using as you get stronger. Uh, these are, to some people, much more boring workouts. <laughs> you know, They're not as fun for some people, but they are much more effective. And so it's just a whole different way of looking at it. And hopefully that will solve some of your confusion around maybe why you're not gaining the muscle that you want, uh, because it is a very different approach. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast. I hope you've been enjoying the last three episodes where it's all about exercise. We'll get back to some of the mind, uh, the mind stuff and the metabolism stuff uh, in the next episodes. But I appreciate you as always, and I will see you at the next episode. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. Your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make. You make.